This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Where? Finally, delayed, rescheduled, delayed again. Audio issues for my guy uh, doing this solo. Doing the solo. I wanted Christian on. I wanted my guy that played Beezy on here. Uh, unfortunately, he could not get his audio to work. You know, I'm set up here. I got a set up. You know what I mean? You ain't got to have all the issues on my end. You know what I mean? Uh, Christian, you know, I sent over a list of things he should get uh, to make his life a lot easier. If you, I think, hopefully, in some way, I know I've, t- I've talked to a lot of you, MMA, Twitter, people who want to do the content game. Step your audio up. Put a little bit of money, a little bit of money in your audio, and you are going to sound crispy. But we're not here for an audio lecture. We're here for motherfucking picks. Motherfucking picks is what we're here for. UFC Vegas 38, I think is the hashtag, right? Johnny Walker versus Tiago Santos. We got a cracker, a cracker of a main event. Um, There's a lot of fights on here that, uh, I mean, it's a good card. Don't be wrong. I'm not going to bash the card. We're coming off UFC 266, which is incredible. You're giving me this card. You give me any, any MMA, I'm going to take it. This card, it's interesting. There's not really too many blown up lines, which I love. You know what I mean? I mean, you got some fighters who haven't fought in a while, and we're going to get into it. Then you got, you know, obviously Hernandez is is the biggest favorite on the card because, uh, well, maybe, maybe Carol Rosa is now, but Hernandez was. Lines have moved since I, you know, did all my graphics yesterday? Uh, 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 you know what I mean. So uh, line subject to change, but um, you know what I mean. This is uh, this is uh, what's this? What we got? We got one already. We got one already. Who's this? Who we got? Hold on, hold on, hold on for your guy. There it is. Let me let me let me. Uh, best in the business. Fight night picks. Busy card. Let's get into it. I love it. I love it. Fight Night Picks, they are the kings of YouTube. Those guys got like, what, 50 million subscribers on YouTube? Amazing stuff. Let's first fight of the night. Alejandro Perez versus Johnny Wardo. I shit you not. Shit you not. I didn't know either of these guys were still in the UFC. The only way I know, and I watch every fight. I watch, Wardo hasn't fought in three years, right? Vet of the game, right? Has some close fights against some people. Perez you know, the, the, his highlight in, in his career is getting knocked out by fucking Song Yudong. A devastating knockout. He hasn't fought in two years. Um, this has got to be loser leaves town match, right? Alejandro Perez had a pretty good run in the UFC back in 2016, 2017. He's got wins over Andre Sukuma. He's got wins over Yuri Alcantara. He's got wins over Matthew Lopez. Matthew Lopez was a pretty good wrestler at the time. Knocked out then. Eddie Wineland, then he dropped to Cody Stamen. Young, so, uh, Song Yudong, Young, so, Young, Dong Song, whatever they keep switching it on me. Um, so he's a power puncher. You know, hasn't hasn't shown his face in a while. I forgot about him. He slipped through the cracks. And then Johnny Water. This guy's like, what? How old is Johnny Water? Forty-one. I would have guessed eighty-seven. My legit guess would have been he was eighty-seven years old. He is not. He's coming off a loss over Nathaniel Wood by uh, Darsh Choke. Matthew Lopez a loss as well. He got knocked out by Matthew Lopez. MMA math, or we could do MMA math here. You know what I mean? Eduardo, you know, hasn't fought in three years. He's old. Um, exciting fighters. Last one was our main, uh, Manny Gambarian back in 2016. You know, he's, he's got a lot of style. Jermaine Sterling. He's got a win over Eddie Wineland. A lot of these guys have fought a lot of the same competition. My biggest issue in this fight is is the simple fact that uh, 
um, the line is absolutely wide. I mean, 215 for Perez, for a guy who hasn't fought in two years. I know Johnny Water is like 80, right? I get it. And and he's been finished before, and um, I don't like the line, okay? That's what that's that's giving me a little bit of pause here. I'm picking Perez. Perez is my pick. I, I don't know how confident I feel betting him two to one favorite, even against eight year old uh, Johnny Eduardo. I'm going Perez here, um, and and yeah, we're going Perez. Okay, you know he's a knockout puncher, uh, and he's aggressive. Just haven't seen a lot of him in a while. He's fought some good competition. He has some good wins of the UFC. I mean, Matthew Lopez, Andre Sukuma. I know those aren't the biggest names in the world, but those are those are solid wins. Eddie Wineland too, but you know Eddie Wineland. I feel like everyone's got a win over Eddie Wineland. All right, next up, Shannon Young versus Stephanie Edger. Uh, Young is minus 105. Edger is a minus uh, Edgar. Edgar. I, I know someone with his last name. They pronounce it Edger. So excuse me for throwing in a D there. Uh, she's a minus 115. Uh, pick them fight. This line again. I got these yesterday. Did all this yesterday. So the lines, they may have moved a little bit. Okay. My apologies. Um, when you look at this fight, and, and I never, I didn't really dig deep into this fight. I love pick them fights. It comes down to the fact that Shannon Young has fought better competition, in my opinion. Um, I, I I think she's been in there with some some better females, some better fighters. And and uh, I, you know, I don't want to spend too much on this fight. I know that might be sexist. I know people are going to cancel me. Oh, spend twenty minutes on the female fight. There's another female fight on this card that I'm going to spend a little bit long, long time on. Don't know these females as well as I probably should. I didn't dig into it too much because this is a no bet for me. Even though I love betting. Pick them fights because I want to be right. Um, this one's going to be a pass for me. I'm picking Shannon Young, though, just based on resume. Based on resume, that is it. Uh, yeah, so let's move on. I'm sorry uh, if I offended anybody with that quick list. Let's go. Don't, Douglas, this guy's got like 40 names. Douglas Andrade is what I call him. But, like, it's like Douglas Silva Andrade versus uh, this guy's name. It's not that hard. I heard him pronounce it today. Gattiano Perello. Huh? Not too bad, right? Plus, Andrade minus 230, Perello plus 184. Andrade is the bigger version of John Lineker, essentially. I mean, he's he's a power puncher. He likes to move forward. He likes to scrap it out. Um, been in UFC for a while, but just, you know, came in the UFC, UFC undefeated and then has lost. All his losses are in the UFC. Guy doesn't fight out. He fights once a year and he's done. One and done. I don't like that. You know, I I don't feel like that's a guy that's training year-round. I don't feel like that, that's a guy that's improving. However, minus 230 favorite against Perello. Perello had his UFC debut. Looked okay, right? You know, stopped that takedown in the first round. Then, you know, he's primarily a striker. Got taken down in the second round. Got submitted, I believe. Um, so this is going to be a striking fest. These are going to be two guys that are going to fucking go in there and, and, and they're going to bang it out. And that's what you want to see. You know, Ricky Simone w- was Perello's first UFC fight. That's, that's no chump. Simone's pretty fucking good, if you didn't know. And uh, Andrade has been in there with some really good guys. Um, doesn't have, Does he have a signature win? I feel like I want to say he doesn't have a signature win, but I could be. Okay, he's he's got a win over uh, Marlon Bear. That's a signature win. Hen and Burrell, maybe people will consider the Hen and Burrell signature win because that's a bigger name. That's a former champion. I don't. Okay, I don't because Hen and Burrell is a shell of himself. He's not, uh, you know. Yeah, he's not what he was. So a signature wins Monavera. Decision by unanimous, unanimous decision there. Um, this fight, I, I would like it a lot more on a betting aspect if Andrade was a little lower here. I understand why he is the way he is. Perello, kind of a one-dimensional guy. 
Um, I think he matches up well with Andrade because I think they are going to strike. Andrade will probably mix in some takedowns, but he does like to get in there and bang. So this is going to be a banger for however long it lasts. I I, I don't know if I, if I see a finish, I see it on Andrade's side, but I think both guys are pretty durable. Um, and, and we'll see. You know, Andrade carries a lot of muscle. We'll see how his cardio holds up. Pirello uh, carries a lot of body hair. We'll see if how his smell how his smell holds up. I'm going on Josh here. Don't love the number. Um, again, might not play this. This could be a parlay piece. You know, a lot of people are probably looking at Hernandez or maybe even Carol Rosa as, as, as their anchor for a parlay. Little chalky, little rich for my blood. I mean, l- l- listen, I, I I go chalky all the time in my parlays, but you know that might be just a little too bit too much for your guy. All right, next up, Jamie Malaki. Old cement head plus one twenty eight versus Devonte Smith minus one fifty eight. Love this fight. I think this is great matchmaking. Jamie Malarkey on a nice little run in the UFC. Well, hang on, not in a nice little run. So he fought Brad Riddell, got his fucking head caved in essentially, but not really. Didn't get finished, but he got he got hit with everything. Right, should have been a finish. I, I believe I had Riddell on a prop on that. Then he goes in, he fights Fairzium, a fight that he should have won. And then he comes off of, of uh, a finish over Karma Worthy, right? I believe that's his last fight, Karma Worthy, in like 36 seconds, right? This guy got knocked out by Volkanovski in the regional scene. Now he trains with him. You know, he he, he made the right adjustments. And, uh, I, you know, I, I like that. I like that he's going, you know what? Fuck it. This dude knocked me out. I got to go train with this guy. This guy's doing something better than I am. He comes in shape. He comes in physical. I think he's pretty well-rounded. Um, he likes to get the fight to the ground. You know, he's good submissions. Not great, but he's pretty good. And then uh, his striking's obviously come a long way. He wings his punches a little bit. I mean, I, you know, I'm not a big technical guy, but he wings his punches, but he obviously has some power. Come over these a little bit chinny in there. Um, and then you got Devontae Smith, who lost his only loss in UFC is by Kama Worthy by knockout. And then other than that, he's got an impressive resume. You know, Joseph Lowry, Lowry Salt uh, Hair, I believe. <laughs> Uh, got he knocked him out in the contender series, <clears throat> and then he came in the UFC, knocked out a Rosa in under a minute, knocked out Dong Yang Ma in uh, the first round. Both guys have 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 had some chin issues. Then I believe he tore his Achilles. He got he got hurt pretty good. Then he had Karma Worthy got knocked out. Former training partners, a lot of people might have think that played in his head a little bit. And then he rebounded after uh, the Worthy loss in two years against Justin James, who's out of the UFC. So Devontae Smith is such a good front runner. How is he when he can't put the pedal to the metal, right? We've seen him clip before. We've seen him hurt before. Worthy knocked him out. I wouldn't go as far as saying this guy's chinny by any means. But there's, you know, there, there there's some there's some chances there for Malarkey to hit him. Malarkey has shown to be very durable, has shown a great chin. Devontae Smith is, is constantly getting well-rounded, more well-rounded. He's rounding on his skills, as they say. Um, and, uh, you know, big power puncher, good striking. You know, the Justin James fight was a little shaking, but he took two years off. He had two years off repelling their fucking Achilles tendon, right? I mean, what the fuck? Well, that, that's a lot, you know, and that's not a common injury for, for fighters. Um, but man, you're staring at, you, you got a plus number staring at me in the face against a very durable guy who has finishing abilities and I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. Oh, wait, hang on. Send him there home. Send him home early. A little bit of delay there. Send him home early. Jamie Malarkey. Uh, I like it. I like that play. Uh, he's a plus number, so you know submission props. Uh, under one and a half could be a really juicy plus number as well. And then also maybe my knockout as well because I think Devontae Smith can be touched. I like Devontae Smith. This is, this is my rationale. 
I always get googly-eyed for the really talented, explosive knockout punchers coming from the Contender Series. I had to get brought back down to earth because I bet these guys and I back these guys and it bites me in the ass, right? I had to come back down to earth. He looked great in the Contender Series and he comes out and he gets Julian Arosa, who I think is a fantastic fighter. He's on a great run currently in the UFC. is a durable guy, but has been knocked out numerous times. And then I get... Dung Young Ma, again, another guy who's been knocked out quite a few times, right? And then he gets the Karma-worthy fight where he gets knocked out again. That can happen anyway. Karma-worthy's got a great punch. Former training partners, you know, there's a lot going on there. Can't fault him. Rebounds against Justin James, who is a good knockout puncher, but very one-dimensional. Again, not in the UFC anymore. So I don't know what to expect with Smith. As much as I want to love him and as much as I want to ride him here, that is what has caused me problems. So I'm good to go opposite. I'm going to go, what is it, left brain, right brain, whatever the fuck that thing. I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to go malarkey. I like the plus number. I like that they train with Volkanovski. Everyone's worried about the Australians. They're training in garages. They can't train. They're locked down with COVID. Uh, Volkanovski looked pretty goddamn good, all right? He didn't get to go to city kickboxing, but he looked pretty fucking good. I believe malarkey it was a part of that camp. He's in Vegas uh, currently, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, give me malarkey at plus number. I like it. I like it. I like it. Next up, Carol Rosa. Minus 385 versus Bechcoel, uh, plus 290. This line has ballooned. Rosa is four or 500 now in some books. So I got this yesterday, and uh, Rosa's already up there. You know, Carol Rosa is a solid, solid fighter. She's kind of good everywhere. She doesn't really, you know, she doesn't really stand off the page, you know, at times, but she's got some really good wins. You know, her losses are against, uh, besides one one loss, all her losses are against, well, but now, this, did, did she fight in the UFC? I thought she fought in the UFC. Yeah, okay. Uh, no, PFL, excuse me. No, and the UFC. Okay, fuck me. Fuck me. Fuck me. Uh, what the point being is, Kara Rose is a legit girl, okay? She can she can fight. She's got some good wins. I would like to see her get a finish. However, Betts Coera, who I could have swore retired. When when did she not retire, right? She retired and then came back? Like, huh? I'm almost positive she retired. So don't know what's going on with there. But uh, with that being said, I like Kara Rosa here as a favorite. I mean, I, I, I'll never bet bet, uh, bet Betch. I mean, she shit her pants. Ronda Rousey knocked her out, and she pooped her pants. People forget about that, right? She did. She what was the one thing where she was like, she she talked a lot of shit about how tough she was, and she got like head kick knocked out. I mean, there's a lot of things to make fun of Betch Coyette about. She does that little dance after she wins, you know, whatever. She apparently retired and came back, unbeknownst to me. But give me Carol Rosa. She's a more active fighter. She's a better fighter. Uh, I don't see a finish happening. I would love Carol to get a finish here because she needs it in her UFC career to really establish herself at 135 here. I just don't see it happening. Um, I, I, I see Betch just being um, too durable, too dumb, just, you know, rock them, sock them robots in there. She's so stiff. You know, she's probably going to try to get the fight to the ground. It's not going to happen. She's going to get pieced up standing up. It's going to be, she's going to be walking, punching back for three rounds. And I guarantee you that if she has like a moderately good round in round three or two or whatever, because she'll probably gas by three, She'll think she wins a fight. She'll stand there and like she wins a fight. No, like you won the fight because you made it to decision, but you didn't. You didn't win the fucking fight. Let's just be honest here. So, Carol Rosa, I hate the chalk play, but we got to do it because I, you know, I, I, I ain't touching Betch, even though I like saying her name. All right, next up, Antonino Shevchenko plus one sixty eight versus Casey O'Neill. That says plus two ten. That's on me. That's a minus. 
Shame on you, Brian, for messing up. Minus 210. Casey O'Neill is minus 210. Let me tell you something, boys, okay? Let me tell you something. I am so excited for this fight because I'm a huge Casey Casey O'Neill fan, and I think this line should be wide, okay? I think Shevchenko gets a lot of respect because of the last name, right? She was in camp with her sister, right? Her sister and uh, Valentina just looks so fucking good. How could she not be good? Oh, what? Who is this? A lot of guys, I'm going to say the C word, okay? So plug your ears if you get offended. A lot of casual bettors, right? A lot of casual bettors will see that last name, that plus number, and be like, worth the shot. Hey, worth the shot. It's not, it's not worth a shot. I'm not a guy that's like, well, I'll put 10 bucks on it. I put five bucks on it. I don't like that way of gambling. I've done it before. It's never really paid off. Um, but that's not really my, my style. Casey O'Neill, I think is, is a legit prospect. She's 23 years old. She's training full-time in Vegas and cardio for days. And her grappling is very, very good. It, it is, I would say, the, the main part of her game. Her stand-up is, is coming a long way, but her grappling and her um, cardio are a fucking weapon for sure. Antonina, Antonina, excuse me, Shevchenko, has a problem with cardio. She has a problem with getting put on her back and getting pounded out. I would love a finish for Casey O'Neill. I don't know if I can predict that right now. I think it's probably going to be a small plus number because I think a lot of people are onto that line. What I do love is Case O'Neill. I know it's two to one. You, you want to find the guys and the ones, the pluses. Two ten to me is highway robbery. I know she's twenty three. I know I've always I've admitted I get googly eyes for some of these young prospects. I, I, I think I think she's the real deal. And not only do I think it's the real deal, I'm locking her up. Let's go. Mortal lock time, baby. Casey O'Neill is going to be my mortal lock. She is very, very talented. I just think, I just think Chechenko is, is skating by on the fact that she's has the same last name as her sister. Who's one of the best female, not excuse me, not even the best female, but one of the best fighters in the world. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I truly believe that. So, uh, nepotism is a word that I might throw around here, but I'm not going to do it. Okay, let's uh, let's go next. Joe Selecki, my Wilmington guy. Love Wilmington, North Carolina. I just got back. Great place. Uh, minus 142 versus Jared Gordon, plus 116. This is the fight that gave me a lot of pause, boys. Okay, let me take a swig of my, uh, my yugging juice. That's what we yug on the podcast when we got to stay up and watch my Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday Night Football. All right. So this fight gave me a little bit of pause, right? I like Joe Selecki, but I didn't like what he did in the Jim Miller fight. Lost the first round. He is good on the ground. His grappling is, is good. He is a finisher on the ground. But what else does he have? What else are you doing for me? You know what I mean? So... Jared Gordon's a guy I've doubted his whole career. I remember, you know, he ran into three Brazilians and got knocked out, got submitted, and, you know, whatever, and and, and, and made a change, right? He's got a great story. You know, former addict coming back. Now at San Fernando May. He's looked better than ever. Went to Abu Dhabi with his wife or fiance with COVID. All his coaches got COVID. Paul Felder cornered him, right? 
had to do what he had to do to get a win. Looked really good his last time out. You know, beat me. I, I picked against them. I usually do. Joe Selecki is a guy who I was really high on coming off the contender series. I thought his grappling was really good. I thought his stand-up, he's young enough. I thought his stand-ups could come a long way. It did not, right? Jim Miller's a, a grizzly fucking vet. Jim Miller's going to do that to a lot of people. But Jarrett Gordon, I think, is the play here. He's plus 116. He's a plus number. I think you should get this early as well because I do see a lot of people playing Gordon. I can see this getting pushed to a pick em. It's going to be a very competitive fight. I'm not overly confident either way, but I kind of am because I think Jared Gordon is the better grappler, the better in the stand-up. I think he has better cardio as well. Joe Selecki surprises up, right? When he came out of the contender series, I thought, okay, this guy's solid, but what is he going to do? And all he's done is win, right? All you got to do is win, baby. Um, but I like Jared Gordon. I like Jared Gordon in this fight, and I like him so much. We got we got dog in mind. We need more dogs. We need more dogs, baby. And uh, I'm picking Jared Gordon as a dog here. He's my underdog player of the week. Um, I just think he's he's going to get it done here. I don't think a finish is going to happen on either side. Uh, Jared's chin's been tested before, and he, you know it's failed some tests. But I feel like now that he's in better shape, at a great camp, he's he's um. Getting more explosive, getting a little faster because he's training with younger guys now. Uh, I like his move to South Florida now in Sanford MMA, and, and I think that his cardio and his grappling and just overall grittiness is is going to give Selecki problems. I think Selecki's going to have his moments. I think the stand-up is, is not going to be in his favor. I think he's going to obviously want to grapple heavy, and I think that's going to maybe backfire because I think Gordon can... can uh, defensive wrestle, and I think he can really dominate certain positions as well. Um, yeah, so give me uh, give me Jared Gordon as that underdog money, man. Underdog money. Next up, the serial killer, Alexander Hernandez, minus 550 versus Mike Breeden, plus 390. Breeden taking this fight on short notice. Alex Hernandez, this guy gets no favors in the UFC. I heard that said on the podcast earlier this week, and it's true. This guy fights fucking savages. I mean, Donald Cerrone was kind of his layup, and he blew it, right? I mean, he debuted. Did he debut? I think he debuted and knocked out Benil Darius, which is a fucking feather in your cap, sir. I think he switched camps a little bit. He left Texas. I don't. Where, where did he end up? I, I I think he's bouncing around. Maybe he's in Colorado. Maybe he's at James Krause's. I can't remember, but I think he left his Texas uh, camp to, to, to explore, and I think that's gotten a lot better for him. I think his cardio still might be in question, but I think he's a powerful guy. I think he's kind of good everywhere, right? I don't think many people are going to out-grapple him. They're going to out-wrestle him. Um, I mean, they could, but uh, based on the cardio, but I, I I do think he's well-rounded enough that he's going to be able to handle that. Now enter Mike Breeden. This guy fought in the Contender Series. He lost to Anthony Romero, uh, who was a, a solid wrestler. Romero did not get the contract either. Fought in the LFAs, fought some good guys in the LFA, but this is a guy that is is killer be killed, right? He takes a beating, keeps on coming. He wins fights late. Uh, his last two wins are uh, Nick Compton, 12-8, and eight, who I do not know, and then Ken Beverly, 9-5, and five, who knocked out Beverly. One uh, decision on Compton. Breeden, I think this is a Kraus guy, so Hernandez can't be a Kraus guy, so I already just fucking solved that mystery. I believe Hernandez must be in Colorado then. Mark Montoya, maybe, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, Breeden, a, a Kraus guy, durable dude. Durable dude can take it, and a lot of people, a lot of um, sharps, a lot of you know non-casual, excuse me, there's that word again, like Breeden, a little taste, a little sprinkle of him late because Hernandez is his huge favorite. Maybe he's not taking it so seriously. We know he's got an ego on him. His ego's been checked, but now he hasn't got lost. He hasn't lost in a while. Maybe you know what I mean. 
Breeden's that kind of durable guy that can be there in the third round. So if you're going to play this fight, I'm not playing this fight at all. I'm not putting this in a parlay or anything. I do think Hernandez is going to win. Hernandez is my pick. It's the square fucking pick. I'm going to give it. But Breeden, third round, TKO, I mean, that's probably got a fucking gorgeous number attached to it. So I think that might be a play here. Uh, with that being said, this will not be in the slime ball. This will not be uh, anywhere near my card unless I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go crazy and sprinkle breed and buy third round TKO. But if my listen, if my MMA brain tells me anything, it's probably gonna be Hernandez. Maybe by finish, he is a powerful guy. He's got some knockout power. He needs a finish here. I think this is kind of a statement fight for him as well. Everyone still talks about the Cerrone loss where he's got he talked all that good shit and got dominated. You got to come out here. You got to be the guy on short notice where you're this big of a favorite. Maybe you got to finish him as well. But Breeden's tough. Don't count him out. And that third round is going to be interesting if it makes it there. That's what I'm going to say, right? That's what I'm going to say. And you better know that if that does happen, this is going to get clipped. And I'm pinning it to my Twitter so everyone, all 273 of you, can see how smart this guy is, huh? That's what it is. That's nothing to do with ego. Yeah, it does. It has everything to do with ego. All right, next up, Aspen Lad. Minus 230 versus Macy Shazan. I always fucking pronounce Shazan. 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 I think Johnny A. J.A. says Shazan. Uh, plus 184. Anyway, I'm going to call her Macy just because I don't want to butcher her name. This fight has me very interested. I'm an Aspen Lad guy. I was so shocked when she got knocked out by Jermaine Duran to me. I know it was a bad weight cut. I know it was all this, but. Aspen Ladd, I think, think is a special talent. When she gets on top and, and she's aggressive and, you know, I think she's powerful as well. I think she's pretty good size for 135. She has a hard time making the weight. I think she's a legit girl. Macy, another good size girl for 135. I thought when she won the Ultimate Fighter, she was going to be at 145. I think 145 desperately needs a shot in the arm, but, you know, it uh, it didn't happen. May, uh, excuse me. Aspen's been out for a long time. Supposed to fight before they rebooked this fight. Macy pulled out for something, I think, right? It was Macy's end, maybe COVID. Before that, Aspenland blew her knee out, had to have multiple surgeries, ACL, MCL, the whole works, the whole fucking nightmare, the whole kit caboodle. Um, so she's young enough, but she's been off for a long time. And the big question is, hey, what does she look like on the scales? You've been off for two years, and now you get to cut to 35, which you struggled with before when you're active. What is that going to look like? How is it going to drain you? Problem is, Macy isn't the the, the weapon that Jermaine Demandery is on the feet. Macy um, is good on the feet, long, likes to keep her opponents at distance, but she gives up quite a few takedowns, quite a few. One too many, some would say. I do feel like if Aspen Lad gets a takedown, and, and she starts raining some of that ground and pound down and, and gets some of her positions, it could be a long night for Macy. I'm going Aspen Lad here. I see some people picking Macy. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I love when people pick plus numbers. Give me the plus numbers. You know, quit quit riding chalk. I don't know if I'm going to play Aspen. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know if I'm going to play Aspen Moneyline. I think I'm going to take a flyer on her by finish because I do think that if she gets Macy down, she can finish her. And, uh, yeah, I think that that might be the way to victory for me. But, uh, yeah, well, I, I, you know, I don't, I, I, just, I, just, I just don't know. But give me Aspen Lad. Next up, Misha Serkinov, plus 132 versus Christoph Jucko, minus 162. Big old Misha 
Coming down to 185, um, interested about that, right? Interested about that. He was a pretty big, muscled-out 205-er, trimming down. My theory is, and guys, I've been watching MMA for 20 years. Uh, 20 years, since I was 15, I'm 35 now. 20 years I've been watching MMA. My theory, and I don't even think it's a theory anymore. I think I fucking proved it. When you cut weight, you, you, you lose a massive amount of weight. You lose your chin. I think that is fair to say. There's not many guys who go down who have a better chin, right? Conor McGregor might be the only exception. I thought at 145, he walked through everyone. He was a giant 145-er. There's some rules to the exception. But when you're a guy like Misha Sirkinov, who's been knocked out by the fucking wind, the cage door opened up too hard one time. He fell on the ground. They had to cancel the fight. This guy gets knocked out by everything. Him coming to 85 gives me great pause. I like this line at plus 132 when it first opened. When I first saw it, I'm like, oh, okay. Then I looked and it was at 185. I'm like, mm, okay. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, wait a second. This chinny guy's cutting 85. Oof. You know, Misha hasn't been down in the first round and like since I, there was a stat on Twitter. 2016 or something. I don't know. I made that up. He hasn't been out of the first round in a long time. Christoph Jocko, not really a finisher, more of a decision guy. Uh, likes to outpoint people. Was in a dogfight his last time out. Jocko has shown to be vulnerable with, via the chin. He's only been submitted one time. That was many, many moons ago. Misha Shurkinov's only way to win, in my opinion, is unless he's a complete cardio freak at 85, which is still yet to be seen. Let me check the scales, see what he looks like on Friday. Um, you know, the, the, the play here will be Jocko by decision. I'm picking Jocko to win. Not going to money line this. Not going to touch the money line. I will bet right now, telling you on camera, under one and a half I'm betting, finishing the first round I'm betting. I, I don't know if I'm going to pick a side. I think I'm just going to pick finish first round. Doesn't get out of the first round. Under one and a half. I'm going to play two ways. A little bit of quiche, a little bit of quiche, maybe not a full uni, a little sprinkle sprinkle, a little this and that, a little dabby dab. Uh, I don't think this fight gets out of the first round. I think Misha's is going to go in there. If he has a bad weight cut, he's going to throw it all in the first round. And even though Jocko isn't the most powerful puncher, I don't think you need to be to knock out Misha Serkinov. I think Misha Serkinov has a bit of chin issue. However, I have been on the wrong side of Misha Serkinov a la when he fought Jimmy Crute. So if it gets to the ground, this dude's fucking nasty. This dude's taking an arm or leg or a fucking neck home, right? Don't forget about that. So I'm going to go with the trend. I'm going to go under one and a half. I believe that I'm sure that's what they have a set at. I haven't looked at any props yet, but under one and a half and definitely not to get out of the first round. I love those bets, but my official pick is Jocko. Okay, next up, Nico Price, minus 150 versus Cowboy Oliveira, plus 122. These motherfuckers be fucking these dudes got some kids. Nico's got his sixth, and I think Oliveira's got, what, eight or nine? Something crazy, and he's got a lot of different women. There was a time where he was, like, hiding out from child support. A lot of people are, are, are claiming this to be loser leaves town fight. I don't think so. Nico Price is an exciting guy, willing to fight. He's had kind of a weird run lately. The Michelle Pereira fight was close. I mean, he kind of got illegally kicked in the head, but Pereira, I think, is a stud. Donald Cerrone was a draw. Then he got popped for weed. Um, I, you know, I think Nico Price is sticking around. Cowboy Rivera, on the other hand, has been around for a long time. UFC, 
likes putting this guy in there. You know, he'll fight anybody. He's fought everybody. He's he's an intriguing guy. He's an exciting guy. So I don't think this is a lose leave town fight. I think this could be a great fight. And I'm all over Nico Price minus 150. He was almost my lock of the night. I I have all, the utmost confidence in Nico Price. Um, you know, I think he's bigger. I think he's stronger. I think he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And uh, I think he hits harder. I think Cowboy Vera just doesn't have the gas. I think Cowboy Vera has a sneaky way of getting you to the ground. Body lock takedowns. He's strong in there. The guy's like. He's a cowboy, like fucking wrestles bulls, so he's got that bull strength. But I think Nico's well rounded enough to get off from his back, and uh, and he hits hard enough, and and he has good cardio as well. I think this is going to be a good scrap in the first round, uh, back and forth in the first round. I think Nico's going to take over the fight. Don't know if I see a finish happening. Not going to play the prop. I'm going to go money line here. I'm going to go Nico Price one fifty. This could be a parlay piece as well. Uh, I like the number. I like the number on Nico Price. I thought it might have been a little higher. I think he's totally on the upside of his career, and I think uh, uh, Cowboy Oliveira is on the downside. So give me Nico Price. I love it. Almost my mortal lock, but I couldn't ca- pass up Casey O'Neill. Next up, co-main event, right? Co-main event. Kevin Holland, minus 158 versus Kyle Dawkins, plus 128. So... I was really high on Kyle Dawkins after the Brendan Allen fight because I thought he showed incredible heart, even though in a loss. He has since rebounded in, in I believe, his last fight. Uh, so he, he, so let's see. Very exciting fight with, with Brendan Allen, right? And then he comes back and he fights Dustin Stolfis, which I, pl- I played him in a parlay, and I also played him to finish. Stolfis is a good wrestler. It is what it is. And then the Phil Hall's fight, I played him in the Phil Hall's fight as well. That's on me. I thought he would maybe strike a little more. He's got the longer reads. Phil Hall's has been hurt before in fights. But Phil Hall's is a freak athlete. What are you going to do, right? There's no shame in losing that. Then, uh, so Kyle Dawkins is a guy that's kind of been on my radar, been off my radar, googly-eyed for him. But now I'm just kind of mad. Kevin Holland's a guy who was in contention for fight of the year during the COVID. Fought everyone. Looked great. But when you really look at his record, it's like, I mean, Joaquin Buckley was a good win, I guess, because he just won. Charlo, Charlie Altaveras is a complete fucking joke. But the problem with Kevin is he got exposed. His wrestling got exposed. You know, Marvin Vittori, who is not, I mean, is a good grappler, is well-rounded, but not known for his wrestling. Took him down like fucking a billion times. And then you got Derek Brunson, Brunson him, right? No, no, no shame losing a blonde Brunson, but... Uh, Kevin went to AKA to learn, work his wrestling, right? And then left, you know, said he was getting too much trouble in California. He was born in California. He likes to stay in Texas. So now he's got Johnny Hendricks. And he's been talking Johnny Hendricks up a lot this week. Hendrickson stand or something like that is what he says. Listen, Johnny Hendricks was a great wrestler in college. I think two-time All-American, two-time national champion maybe. Could be wrong about that, but probably. Pretty good wrestler in MMA, but not the best, right? But the minute that guy won the title, the minute his career went, boom, he just completely quit. He just gave up. He he reached the mountaintop. He gave up, and now he's a cop, which is noble, right? Get out so you don't serve it. You know you don't damage yourself anymore when you're not in it. You're not in it. That's fine. He can hang his hat on being the champion. Saw some pictures of him. You know, chubby guy doesn't look to be in a great shape. So I just don't know. If the Hendrickson stand wrestling is going to be enough, Kyle Dawkins isn't your classically chained wrestler. I don't think he's an all American anywhere. He's a, he's a black belt. He's good on the ground, but he's taking out some good guys, right? He's taking out some really high level guys. I don't think he's have a problem taking Kevin Holland down. They're both black belts, but there's some levels to it. I mean, Travis Luter black belt, you know, doesn't, doesn't hold too much water. 
in my in my uh, in my uh, old uh, wheelbarrow a little bit. And you know, you know, I you know, I I don't think Travis Luter is all that great. You know, Mike Goldberg try to compare him to the Michael Jordan MMA. Nah, not even close. Missed weight against Anderson Silva. Had my boy Rich Franklin in armbar. Rich got out. You know, just not a fan of him. And I would go as far as to say. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. <laughs> he stinks. I think he stinks. Dawkins is going to have the the, the, the the better time on the ground over Kevin Holland. It's all about maintaining distance. They're both kind of the same size. They're both kind of longer. Um, and, uh, yeah, I like this. You know, I think Dawkins maybe will have the size advantage. Kevin Holland isn't, you know, he's, he's tall and he's long, but he's not the biggest 185-er. So I'm going to like, I like Dawkins here at plus 128. I kind of like to bet it as well. It's not going to be a parlay piece. I'm not overly comfortable with it, but I do like Dawkins at the plus number here. Uh, Kevin Holland come out, show out, entertaining guy. Uh, you know, I like to watch him fight. You know, when he stands on the feet, but it's frustrating watching him constantly get wrestled, fucked, and uh, you know, not having an answer for it. I mean, you're in the UFC. You got to come up with an answer. Uh, maybe I'm completely wrong about Johnny Hendricks, and Johnny Hendricks is the best wrestling coach in the world. I don't know, right? Um, but I, I like Dawkins at plus one twenty eight. This is going to be the last time I take Dawkins here as well, right? Kyle Dawkins, I love his brother Chris Dawkins. Kyle, I know you're watching this. Show me something here, bud. Okay, show me something, right? Show the world, Kyle. Okay, all right. Next up, main event: Tiago Santos. Minus 162 versus Johnny Walker, plus 132. I love this card because I love the lines. The lines are all fairly close besides one or two fights. This is surprising. I thought Santos would open up a little bit more. He's had a little bit of a rough skit ever since the John Jones, a little bit of a rough skit. I mean, he had double fucking knee surgery, right? And then he came back, lost to John Jones, came back a year later, a little over a year later, fought Glover Teixeira, hurt Teixeira in that fight, but got rear naked choke in the third round. Teixeira is too much on the ground. Did fall, uh, fought Alexander Rekic, who is no fucking chump, and just got out grappled, right? Seattle Santos is is kind of a one-dimensional guy. He's a little bit older. He's got a kid on the way. Is that a distraction? Is that dad strength? You know, there's a lot of things to be answered. Johnny Walker, when he came to the UFC, this guy was the this guy was fucking it. I mean, he was knocking out dudes left and right. I mean, shitty guys. I mean, Clue Roundtree wasn't shitty, but he knocked out Clue Roundtree. Justin Ledette, Misha Serkinov, this guy was running through him. He was calling everybody. He's fake falling on stages, doing selfies with Corey Anderson, talking about John Jones and the Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson knocked him out, right? Uh, slapped him. And then he goes in, and then he, and then he, and he you know, Nikita Krylov out, uh, Nikita Krylov out wrestles him. And then Ryan Spann had victory in his hands. He was flopping all over the place like a goddamn flapjack. And, uh, uh, you know, and Spann's just a complete fucking idiot and decided to wrestle him instead of stay on the feet. And then, you know, Walker got to finish. Walker's talking a lot of that good shit this week. He looks to be in phenomenal shape for sure. He's posing with his shirt off with all his fucking muscles. Muscles don't win you fights, okay? Muscles don't win you fights. Um, and Walker, without, I mean, without question, is very, very chinny. The guy... Comes out very, very hot. But if you touch him on that chin, it's, you know, it's a problem for him. Um, his legs go immediately. He's got heart. His brain, he fights it. He stays with it. But his legs just aren't there. His body's not there. He's mentally strong, but, like, I just physically can't take it. Enter Tiago Santos, who hasn't had a knockout in a while. Hurt Glover, Teixeira, pretty bad. I think twice in that fight. Didn't really do much to rack kicks. Hit John Jones a lot. Well, didn't hurt John Jones, but it was a very close fight. 
Um, has a knockout win over Jan Blahovich, who's one of the more durable champions in the UFC. Very impressive win. I love that he went up to 85, or from 185 to 205. 85 is where his losses are happening at. That's where a lot of his knockouts. I don't think he's been knocked out at 205 yet. You know, Santos has been knocked out before, so there's a possibility that Johnny Walker could touch him because he's very explosive. I don't think either of these guys want to hit the ground. I think once once one gets tagged, they'll shoot. Um, but who 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 gets tagged? I've actually had a really hard time picking this fight. Uh, this is the last one to pick. Usually, I get the main event out of the way first. This was the last one I picked, and uh, I'm having loads of trouble picking uh, who I think is going to win this fight because I can see Santos, who comes out with a little more measured of measured pace. I can see him maybe landing a big shot, and he's got fucking power. He could hurt Johnny Walker, and I can see Johnny Walker coming out with some crazy shit, flying knees, jumping elbows, whatever. He seems confident. I get kind of swept up in these confident fucking guys. Um, I'm I'm going to go the smart play here. I'm going to go Santos at plus 162. I don't like the actual pick. I think the best way, and I don't care what the line is. Actually, I do. I, I lied. But this fight's not going to the decision. I'd hammer that, and I'd hammer... If you like to hedge, I'm not a hedger, but if you like to hedge, maybe hedge both sides a little bit by knockout. I think one of these guys is, is getting put out of there. This isn't going five rounds. The under, it's two and a half, three and a half, whatever it's set at. Hammer the under. And I like uh, fight not to go to the distance as well. I like one of these guys by knockout. Pick your poison. But um, I'm going to pick Santos as my official pick because I think he is the... I don't even know if he's the better fighter. I just think he's maybe the more durable guy. I think Johnny Walker, we were talking about me circling off going to 85. I actually think Johnny Walker would benefit going to heavyweight. He'd be faster. He'd see the punches coming more. And I think he he would be a better fit at heavyweight. He's a big, big guy. And I think him at heavyweight, a lot of people were like, oh, well, you know, two of fivers and heavyweights, they both hit hard. Unless you're Francis Ngannou or Derek Lewis. They all hit hard. But when you're when you're Johnny Walker, you're going to have the speed advantage. You're going to have the athleticism advantage. I think maybe thinking about heavyweight after this. I know he's flirted with two-division champion or whatever. Fuck all that shit. You get knocked out here. No shame get knocked out by Santos. But I would really consider going up to heavyweight, pack on some muscle, get some speed, because speed kills. Look at Frank Yeager. Frank Yeager, 155, tiny, tiny little dude. But speed fucking kills. And the heavyweights... That's why Dawkins is doing so well. A lot of reasons, but one of the reasons he's so fast. That's why Tom Aspinall is doing so well. He's super athletic. Johnny Walker could be right there at heavyweight. That's my take. You know I got to give you a take. All right, that's it. That's the show. Uh, thank you for listening. Sorry we couldn't do it yesterday. The plan is to just keep getting content. I'm I'm back from vacation. I want to pump out more shows. I'm going to do a Friday. Just chat them up with my boys everything we got to get christian's audio sorted out timbo seems to be doing okay with his audio got to get christian sorted out because the guy's great the guy's great he's electric electric is what i said um but listen follow me mma takes podcast if you're watching us on twitter you already are if you're watching on youtube go and hit that subscribe button we like to have fun around here okay we like to have some fun and give you some winners all right that's it that's the show thank you and uh let's win some money all right boys let's win some money all right see you End the podcast there, and I'm gonna hear you're gonna hear the outro for my audio files. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're pumping them out, baby. We're pumping them out. MMA takes podcast, iTunes, Spotify, uh, YouTube, IG, and Twitter. Um, is that all my plugs? Is that all my plugs? That's all my plugs. Who that go, Bengals? Hey, pal, do me a favor, get her down off there. What do you say? Woo!
escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Yeah. Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dalton.